What is up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs Podcast with my co-host, Evan Damerill. Today's show, all about Cavs-Bucks, which the Cavs won. They're now a top three team in the Eastern Conference record-wise. What a time to be alive. Meaningful basketball in January. Who would have thought it? We'll get into all of that on today's show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we dive any deeper into today's show, I want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms and include YouTube. We're over 1,000 now, but keep cooking those books. Help us get to 1,500. Evan, before we get into our first segment of the day, our big Cavs Bucks takeaway, what is up, buddy? How are you? Not a whole lot. You saw me off camera sprint real quick. Uh, my furnace is rattling, so... Hopefully it's not broken, but I didn't want to ruin the overall sound experience for you, the editor, and our faithful listeners. Thank you again for making Locked On Cavs your first listen. But all things considered, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Um, did I? I was when I was processing this game. I did not expect in any way, you know, whether they would have lost last night, whether they would have won. You just be covering and thinking about basketball. That was meaningful in in january of 2022 that is just one of these continuing things that is like a a relatively kind of new experience and it's a different kind of experience right like it is not like the lebron years where there's all this angst and weight like this feels a little free this feels a little bit more uh fun and engaged and stuff so it's just sort of an interesting reality that we've we found ourselves in so evan the Cavs won they beat the milwaukee bucks they won this game after a bad first quarter, and they end up winning by 16, 115-99. After the third quarter, this game was kind of in hand for the most part. Cleveland is now tied, um, uh, at least after the end of this last night's game. But they got the 31th, which at the, I'm checking the standings again. They're, they're now one game back of the Heat for the, first, for the most wins in the East because the Heat won last night after the Cavs won. But they're tied for the second most wins in the East. They are now third in the Eastern Conference right now at one and a half games back of the Miami Heat. That is just crazy. The Cleveland is ahead of the Nets, the Bucks, the 76ers. Two of those teams in the, the 76ers and the Bucks have legit MVP candidates in, in Embiid and in Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Cavs are in the thick of it in a way that feels mostly real in a way that feels interesting. Again, we don't know where this will go in the playoffs. We don't know how this all, you know, are they going to end up as three? Are they going to slide to six? Like what happens here? Like there's, there's some wiggle room here. The deadline will have some, some say in that I'm sure, but this Cavs team feels real. It feels like they've actually arrived in this game. You know, when they came back after a bad first quarter, I mean, I thought they had, were going to lose after that first quarter. I thought they were, they were cooked. You know, I, I thought they were going to be flambeed, you know, after how bad they looked coming out and with the bucks coming in off three days rest, and they won by 16. Like this Cavs team is is something. Yeah, we were talking about this before the show about like just who we thought was going to win the title. And you think Milwaukee is like the clear favorite to win the East. And I do too. I just think they have the pieces. They have the know-how. They have Giannis Adenokounmpo, arguably the best player in the league. And it really showed like in that first quarter. Like, yeah, there is a there's a gulf in terms of where this Cavs team is at and where this Bucks team is at. But somehow, some way, 
this Cavs team narrowed that golf and we're neck and neck with Milwaukee. And then they pulled away. Like you said, it's just, it's an endearing part of this Cavs team. It's um, they're making what most people consider meaningless basketball, meaningful basketball because JB Bickerstaff continues to harp and preach that they need to win these games now so they can be able to sit comfortably towards the end of the season. So they're not clamoring to fight for a playoff spot or avoid the playing tournament altogether. But yeah, it's just, there's something really like charming about this Cavs team. I think they're just really fun to cover. Um, I think because just mostly because the expectations are so low heading into this season, I think a lot of people can just say that they didn't expect this Cavs team to be 30 wins in New Year. And we're nearing the end of January at this point. And they are third place in the Eastern conference. And if they had beaten Chicago last week, they'd be second place or possibly jockeying for first right now, which is just absolutely weird to think. And I wonder how it's going to shake out because two weeks before the all-star game, the all-star coaches will be announced and Jamie Vickerstaff was asked about a pregame and he said, it'd be an honor to do that. But I think it'd be cool to see that happen. And I think that'd just be even more surreal to think that this Cavs team that most people picked to finish dead last in the East is now representing Cleveland coaching wise in the all-star game. Yeah. And, and look, we're in a spot where like, you know, I, I think we, we talked about before the season, um, where we didn't know, like, I mean, like, I, I think we had said, like, maybe Colin Sexton is the most likely all-star, like, just based on, you know, past seasons. Yeah, I, I thought him or Jared Allen, because I really thought Jared Allen was going to have a breakout year because he didn't have anybody to w- look over his shoulder. He didn't have to worry about DeAndre Jordan or Andre Drummond nipping at his heels. Yeah, this is, I I mean, I, I kind of, for me, at least the level that Jared Allen's playing at is, at a level I didn't like the, the him hitting the post game and stuff just is adding something to his game that I didn't know if we we knew that he had even though he's already very good but yeah like Darius Garland has a legit case of being all star we'll see if he gets there um I don't think him around will be starters which are going to get announced on Thursday but you know I, I think they both have legit cases Mobley is you know certainly going to play in the revamped Rising Stars game we'll see if anyone else participates in anything like Kevin Love could be a three point shoot guy like maybe Darius does a skills competition or something like. Uh, like there is going to be a Cavs presence, not just the fact that it's in the city, but like will be an actual presence. And like, that is just um, kind of crazy, you know? And like they, again, they, they went toe to toe with Milwaukee after this first quarter came back. I think frankly, Evan, like there's scheme stuff we can look at. Like there's some, some, some things that they've done in this game that I think were interesting like which we'll talk about later and like we got some really good play from from Osmond and Kevin Love in particular coming off the bench to kind of win this one but like I thought like one of the key things was that like okay the first quarter a little lethargic I didn't think they were playing good defense like I didn't think they were playing with the level of effort we're used to and then like the second quarter on it was like this team was just playing much much harder than the Bucks. like the Bucks seemed to like take their foot off the gas just a little bit and the Cavs were like Okay, we're 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 gonna wake up now. We've been we've been proverbially knocked in the jaw, and we're gonna like kind of navigate this a little bit, you know? Like it was yeah. it was kind of wild in that regard. No, it really was wild, and like you said, he said it best. Like the Cavs kind of got hit, and they bounced back nicely. And I um <clears throat> just kind of took note and thought to myself, like, I wonder how the Cavs and JB will adjust. And they made some adjustments. Heading into this game, like they relieved some of the defensive pressure Drew Holiday was putting on Darius. I think there was times Drew was getting his clamps on Darius a little bit, but at the same time, like the Cavs made a concerted effort to mitigate Drew Holiday's impact on just both ends of the floor, and I think that was noticeable, and I think it really threw Milwaukee off a lot. Um, 
I mean, Giannis is just incredible, but I think the Cavs just kind of forcing him to challenge them in the interior. Like, Kevin Love drawing that charge is still bonkers to me at, like, you know, 400 years old or however old he is at this point. But this was a fun game. This was, um, I think, JB saying that these are no longer statement wins. These are just wins for them. I think that's a sign of maturity on his part, I think, just especially after the whole kerfuffle on beating Brooklyn last week and whether or not that was a statement win and just... This Cavs team has the right mindset. They have the right mentality. They are a breath of fresh air. Like you said, there's a lot of angst surrounding this LeBron, the the second LeBron era Cavs squad, especially in the final year of him being in Cleveland. But yeah, they're fun. Like, I just don't know what else to say. They're fun. Like, I just have a lot of fun watching them. Yeah, they're um, they're good, I think, is, is just where I'm at, which is good. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. And as as friend of the pod, you're going to see him this evening. Bill Filippo said, this team rules. They like each other. Yeah, um, also just another friend of the pod from Dime. Uh, let's just say uh, Martin Rickman has something very cool coming out today um, that you should go look, read it, read it, Dime. Just just maybe go over to Uprocks, uh, Dime Mag on Uprocks. Like, is that what is this what he was in town for? Uh, one of the reasons, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I don't even know about this. Cool. No, you know what it is, but. Um, oh, okay. It is what You I know what it is. That just wasn't like the only, only reason he was there because he's from here. But the. the oh, I know. I the, know. The, 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 write, the write it off on an expense report reason, you know, <laughs> is, is why. The, the, the second round of chicken tenders he got that he could write off as a business meal. I mean, so, I mean, look, respect to a king who can eat all that. I, I certainly I know. I can't. I, I would die. Um, all right. After the break. We'll get into our awards. That's MVP stat of the night, play of the night. But first, got to tell everyone about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and that means they continue to have this great new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Where, if you use the promo code Locked On, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from football to basketball to hockey to boxing and UFC, write your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to, to wager on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get yourself started and get a 50% welcome bonus. Okay, Evan, let's get into our Cavs-Bucks awards. Again, the Cavs win. They, I, I think I'm gonna. T- I've already tipped my hand as far as who I'm gonna pick for some stuff. But who, who is your MVP? Uh, Evan Mobley, just because Milwaukee really made a concerted effort to frustrate him in the first quarter. I think Milwaukee is a well-coached team. Surprise, they are a very good regular season team under Mike Budenholzer, and they they really pay attention to film. They really pay attention to the scouting assignments, and I think they noticed like. Evan Mobley is more or less the linchpin of this offense and defense for the Cavs. And if we frustrate him early, maybe try to get him in some foul trouble, it really slows them down. And I think the Cavs, or sorry, not the Cavs, the Bucks frustrating Mobley really made a clear difference in how that first quarter went. And then the way he bounced back, he kind of played with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He played with some physicality. Like the poster on Giannis, still freaking insane. And shouts to Jimmy Longo for getting the shot. Like that's such a good shot picture to begin with too. And yeah, he played really well. Like down the stretch, like yeah, Kevin Love had an awesome game off the bench. Jetty Osmond finding his shot again is a really good thing to see, especially considering like without Rubio, Osmond has really struggled since he's come back from COVID. And 
I don't know, man. I, I feel like we heap a lot of praise on Evan Mobley, but I've noticed we don't give him a lot of MVP honors. And tonight, he kind of went toe-to-toe with Giannis. Obviously, he didn't perform as well scoring-wise, but like looked every bit the part. Yeah, I think he might be hitting something of like a slight <laughs> rookie wall, but like he's still playing at a really high level. Like We might just not see like the, the did you Did you see his response to the rookie wall question? No, I uh, I had exited to go work on some stuff at that point. What did he say? This was the after Monday's game. Serena Winters asked him about it. He's just real deadpan, like the rookie wall is just a mindset, and then just like got real quiet. And I'm like, I respect. Okay, I respect I, my my answers questions awkwardly. King Evan Mobley. Um, my my MVP is Jetty Osmond because. Look, Jetty Osmond is up and down. He is all over the place. He is at times inconsistent. According to jokingly from Kevin Love, he's he's very annoying. But like Jetty Osmond is like sneakily a kind of important piece for this Cavs team. And like his stat line for, for last night is kind of bonkers. 34 minutes, which tied Evan Mobley for the most on the team. Eight of 17 from the field, six of 14 from three. Evan, he took 14 three pointers last night. 14. Jazz. Crazy. Jazzy, Bonkers. if you will. Uh, four assists, three rebounds, two steals, 23 points, plus 10 in terms of plus minus. Jenny Osman has had like a very open on year. We just talked about the other day how he played 11 minutes, right? He was really good with Rubio, and I think he's been not quite as good um, since. Um, I'll, I'll check those numbers when we, when we go on Saturday. I haven't done it yet. But he has been a guy who is like, I think, looks just better overall than he did last year. Um, according, like the advanced metrics, like I've been, I was looking at dunks and threes uh, and he went from like estimated plus minus last year. He was like a, like a negative 0.23 and he's back. He's at a, a career best, like negative one, which is like solid for like kind of like a role player. Um, this is a guy who like has become more, he's been more efficient all year and he's like kind of, I think provides when he's on. This like needed like volume scoring. He provides this needed sort of chucker mentality. He provide he, uh, just some stuff that I want to come back to later. So uh, third segment, we'll when we clear out our notebooks. I'm going to talk about him a little bit more because I kind of think he's valuable for this team in a very weird way. Um, and we we start. I I kind of at least want to talk about it because it's not worth the whole show, but it, it's worth I think some some discussion coming off the best game he's probably had all season. Evan, the play of the night is just very clearly because 253 left in the second quarter. Yep. Darius Garland crosses over Drew Holiday and throws a no-look past Evan Mobley who dunks on Giannis Antetokounmpo. That that's it. That's that's the whole play. Yeah. It, it was it was incredible. I think the no-look itself like Darius has like a an ability to add a little bit of flair to some of his like really high assists. But like would you say that's one of the best plays from the Cavs season so far? It's on the highlight reel of um, th- like if you're gonna run back like the top ten plays of the year, like that's on the highlight reel. I think. I think it's the best play just because it, like, I, I, it, I think yeah. that that really shifted the momentum all the way towards, um, the Cavs kind of like taking control of this game, and then like you said in the third, it was completely uh in the Cleveland's favor, and like I feel like that play sparked it. Yes. Um, and the, I mean, that's my pick too. I'm sure everyone knows that. It's, yeah, it's, it is, it's hard to like for me to be put on the, to, on the spot to like say this is like the best play, but that play was just like Garland loves putting a little English on his passes. He loves the little like moment. Of, he loves a little drama in his passes, which I respect. 
And Mobley just kind of like is I, I think he's gotten stronger. I don't like know if he's like technically like added weight. Like he doesn't look significantly bigger than he did at the start of the year, but he looks like he's playing stronger. He looks like he's playing a little more and like he dunked on one of the, the most like jack dudes in the league and did it with some ease. Like it was just that play is all oh, the dude I want Mobley to get on his workout plan. That's what I want to say. Yeah, the Giannis the Giannis workout plan is is the way. Um all right, stat of the night. For me, it's 25 from Kevin Love, 23 from Osman. This Cavs team just really, really needs dudes who aren't Darius Garland and aren't, you know, Jared Allen, you know, scoring and, and aren't Evan Mobley scoring a little bit. Like they need other guys to score. And like you're not obviously not gonna get, you know, 25 from Love every night. You're not you're certainly not gonna get 23 on that volume from Jetty Osmond every night. Like, you know, he took one free throw and he he took 14 threes. Like that is not something you're gonna get from him every night. But on the nights where you can get it. It's good to have, and I think like just having two guys that can at least get a little hot off your bench, that can provide some offensive firepower in a way that I don't think very many other guys on this team kind of can, I tend to think that that is just sort of needed, and I think just highlighting how well those two guys in particular played was was, was is kind of worth noting. Yeah, my stat of the night kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, I noted that this is the Cavs' best three-point shooting night since the beginning of the month when they played Portland. Um, but this is actually their second best three point night, three point shooting night overall, where they hit 19 threes. Uh, the most they hit the season was 22 in that blood against Toronto at the day after Christmas. But yeah, no, this is encouraging to see. Like, I guess you could obviously say Love and Osmond inflated these numbers for sure, but it's really encouraging to see the Cavs just kind of play a little bit more of a modern style. I know GB Bickerstaff says there's some fetishization about threes and how computers are taking everything over and ruining everything, but. Um, I was trying to elicit a response out of here from that. Uh, I want to pull up his exact quote because I tweeted this out of context last night. I, I know, but it, it made me chuckle too. Out of but. context, the computers want to take away all that from us. It was a good question. Um, from front of the program for sure about um, con like continuity and and yeah. chemistry and and stuff. But like the computers want to take all that away from us. It's just like. It's just like a very funny, like straw man, like bad sci-fi movie quote from JB Bickerstaff. So I, I respect it. No, it, it was funny. Um, it definitely made me chuckle. Like, me, like me Will Smith that. has absolutely, absolutely said that, like in like iRobot or something. I haven't seen iRobot, but like if that's what that movie's about, he probably I haven't seen iRobot since it like came out. Yeah, or maybe if it was like on TNT on an offshoot, and like I was like flipping between that and like guys' grocery games. But um, shout out guys' grocery games. Love me some Triple G. But, yeah, no, this was a fun game for the Cavs in terms of three-point shooting, too. Like, I think, obviously, Osmond and Love definitely skew that number a lot, but they're playing, like, a little bit more of a modern style. I think this is the apex of what J.D. Baker Steph wants this team to look like offensively, like, where they do their damage on the interior with their bigs, but they're still hurting teams to the perimeter as well. It surprisingly came from Love and Osmond. I, obviously, having Markin and out kind of skews that a little bit, but you got a little bit from Dean Wade. I think you got a little bit from Darius as well. You got three from Darius as well. And he even got one from Rondo, who was one of five from the floor, and one from Mobley. So, like, it was a good dichotomy of who was taking the threes. But obviously, Love and Osmond were the main beneficiaries of this offensive outburst. Rondo, what a what a weird character that guy is. It's so is. weird to think he's in a Cavs uniform. Yeah, and he's just the stuff he's doing is just weird. Like, the one, like, layup beat, like, I don't even know if I believe that that was, like, a shot. I don't think that was an intentional layup. I think he was looking for a pass. Yeah, and then he's, like, you can, like, see him, like, someone's, like, looking too far ahead and, like, trying to feed God. And it's like, Rondo, this is this is bizarre. All right, after the break, uh, we're going to get into some miscellaneous notes from the game. So, well, let's, let's just 
let's do that, Evan, because there's only there's yeah. only a certain kind of ad that's only on the audio form. But um, Evan, I, I here's what I just want to say about Jody. Like, there's no one else on this team as currently constructed. Let's say they go out like next week and trade for Carrots Levert, and you know, or or make some other kind of move for for Buddy mm-hmm. Field or Eric Gordon or whomever. Like, pick pick your favorite trade target and imagine them in a cash uniform. We'll talk maybe, about it more on Saturday. Yeah, we're going to do a lot of things on Saturday. But maybe, like, Jetty, like, gets dealt in that kind of trade. Um, like, may, maybe, like, salary-wise that happened, right? But I kind of think if you look at where this team is at and you look at the depth that they don't totally have and you look at sort of the the need for a guy like him, I just kind of think, like, yes, like, he is not locked in top three part of your core. He is kind of, I think, by definition of how rosters work, not – a guy that is in the group. But if you look at what he kind of provides, he's providing better two-way play this year. He's providing a little bit of ball handling. He's providing not in the traditional like Jordan Clarkson, Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford kind of way, but he's providing like some bench kind of scoring punch and a little willingness to freelance and do stuff. Like I don't hate having mm-hmm. a guy on a team that can do that from time to time. The irrational confidence thing with him is like not bad. Like he airballed the three last night and it was just like, okay, like it doesn't bother. You can tell it Bro, doesn't really bother him. That heat check made me laugh so hard. Cause I was just like, if it like, goes in, the arena is exploding, but he literally, no, I, as soon as he took it, I'm like, that's it. not going in. And then I watched the airball. I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. But like, I think he's providing something they very, very, very much need. And I don't, I don't, there's not anyone else on this team. It's, you know, obviously not Lamar, like it's not a skill, it's not Okora skill set. It is not Rondo skill set. It wasn't even really Rubio skill set. What he kind of does is sort of something they don't exactly have otherwise. And I, it's just fascinating to me to kind of think that like Jetty Osmond, after being in the doghouse last year and, and being, again, kind of an inconsistent guy, is sort mm-hmm. of just like instrumental in this way. It's kind of weird. I'll put it this way. Um, I think I was certainly down on Jetty. Uh, you weren't. Dave Zavak wasn't. Carter Rodriguez wasn't. But I, mine was just like he. Can't, the math tells me he can't be this bad again. And if he's this bad again, then it's over. Like that's that was where I was at. I don't even know if I. I, it. I, I was, in the was camp like the math. The math tells me that he should be better. Yeah, I guess credit to you on that one i was just of the mentality watching this like oh he might be like done done he might be in turkey in a year or two like kind of that's like my thought process but i just of the mentality where like if you can get anything positive out of jetty osmond or kevin love that's that's good and the Cavs got they've they've squeezed a lot of positivity out of jetty osmond and kevin love this year like you said the irrational confidence i think is something the Cavs kind of need because they have a lot of players who don't like to buck the unconventional or like to rock the boat too much or like play within the means of the system that they've established and the dichotomy of the offense and everything. God, me and that word. But I don't think, he, like you said, he's not a safe pick. I think outside of Mobley, Allen, and Garland, anybody on this roster is available for the right price, including Colin Sexton, including Isaac Okoro, including... You name it, but I mean, like, obviously, those three are available too. If, like, the like, it has to be a very handsome offer for the Cavs, but you're building around those three. And if an offer materializes and Jetty Osmond is included in this trade package, and it is a clear talent upgrade, whether it's playmaking or shot creation or three point shooting, which Jetty provides a little bit of, but he is sometimes a little bit up and down, especially after Rubio went down for the season, I think. Having Rondo out the hamstring injury does certainly hampers that a lot, but 
I don't know if chemistry wise trading him right now would be a good idea because clearly like it's weird to think, but like him and Kevin love are the two most tendered Cavaliers on this roster. And obviously that has a little bit of presence. I think these, these guys like each other clearly. Um, I think like creating a guy like Denzel to get uh, Ray John Rondo, like wasn't going to like really rock the boat too much. But if you remove Jetty, I wonder if like that's going to upset the balance of things in the locker room a little bit too, just because these guys like playing with each other. And if you try to make a bunch of moves to clearly upgrade the voids on the roster, you rock the boat a little too much and you kind of mess up a good thing you have going right now. But clearly like they need to make a move. Like, we talked about this before we started recording. Like you see Colin Sex on the bench. It's great to have him back just around the team and coaching up the everybody and everything else. But when the offense block is down, you like look at him, you're like, man, if only you, he was healthy. Cause this Cavs team could really use a player like that right now. I'm not saying like, yes, they could use Colin Sexton, obviously, but they could get a player who provides a similar skill set, maybe at a lesser, maybe at a lesser amount. Yeah. Like that would just help the Cavs tremendously because Darius's back was acting up again last night, and yeah. I fear that if JB stretches out too far, it's going to become a recurring issue where the Cavs kind of have to like tight. Like, yes, they have three days off, and I think that's going to help Darius's back a lot. But I think in in-game scenarios, like there's going to be teams who just zero in and focus on Darius and shut him down as well. And if his back is bothering, that's just another issue on top of that the Cavs need somebody who can kind of just take some of that pressure off and just kind of make things easier for him because this isn't necessarily like it's working right now, but my fear is, is it won't be sustainable in like 10, 15 games when like it gets really tight and Darius is like completely gassed because he's playing 35, 40 minutes a night every night. Yeah. I, I the, the back injury that has been hampering him since the, Warriors game, game. is it's clearly still just kind of hampering him. It's not something that's going to keep him out, but like he could use like a couple of days. He could use a game replay like 29 minutes. And, and look, the Cavs now have three days off. Like that should it could come when they play Detroit on Sunday. Well, the, the fact that they have three days off is in itself like a really big deal. Like they'll practice and stuff, but like the fact that they don't have to play a game and ramp up for a game for the next three days is like mm-hmm. kind of like a, a, a schedule blessing for, for yeah. this Cavs team because like they just need a little time I think to get the juice back in the legs to to get a chance to recoup a little bit like that's just kind of how tricky I think this is for a bit um yeah Garland's got to get like a little bit of rest and yeah it's, it's tricky but Evan the last thing I think I want to say uh nine guys played and that's worth noting and the second the, the real last thing I want to say is Isaac Okoro was awesome in this game put Drew Holiday like in the Isaac Okoro torture chamber was defending him like 94 feet um, made a three, like the offensive, you know, had three assists, like, you know, at least was like trying to move the ball a little bit. Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't see any him attacking closeouts and stuff. And he was kind of mm-hmm. stationary on offense and just kind of whooping the ball around and stuff. Um, but boy, he was really, really good on Drew holiday. Yeah, he was on awesome. Drew holiday was two and nine from the field. The Oh, two from three, four points had seven assists. Um, Okoro is just good, man. Like, like yeah. I understand there's offensive limitations and all that stuff. That dude is just a ridiculous defender. And like, I, yeah. I, I would like if I rewatch this game at some point, I may just like watch the Okoro minutes and just like watch him like tracking. Like, makes holiday. me wonder. Do you think the Cavs 
kind of took what Milwaukee did to them with Drew Holiday on Darius and flipped the script and just threw Isaac at Drew to like say, all right, we're just going to try and slow down Milwaukee's offense by slowing down their point guard. Well, it's it's the most reasonable way, I think, to approach defending Milwaukee if you're Cleveland because you say, okay, here's our five. It's going to be this weird three big thing with like Dean Wade in for Lowry Market right now. Um, we're going to like navigate that. I'm going back to the game. The, the second game between these two teams, which like matters in the time. didn't have Giannis was, like, and didn't have Middleton. It was a yeah, it was a fake. It was like a fake COVID game. But the first time these two teams played, Core only played eighteen minutes. He had zero points. He was 06 in the field and 06 from three. It was Garland. It was the it was the same starting five with with Wade in for marketing. Um, Holiday was thirty seven minutes in this game, nine of fifteen from the field, two of three from three. If I'm remembering correctly, it was much more of Darius defending him. I think it it is the clear way to match up with this Bucks team because look, you go. Last and this was a different starting lineup for the Bucks last night, but I think the logic still kind of holds. If they're gonna go, if it, these teams play in the last day of the regular season, that game could theoretically matter for Eastern Conference playoff standings. It, it could mm-hmm. just, it, it might, it might not. Like a lot has to, a lot will happen with you now and then, but it could. The Bucks went Holiday, Connaughton, Middleton, Giannis, Portis last night. Okay, so what happened was Allen gets Allen gets Giannis, Mobley gets Portis. Duh. You put Wade on uh, Middleton, but you're switching everything basically in, in a lot of it and in, in getting one of the other guys onto Middleton if that happens. You just put Darius on Pat, and Pat was four, seven, three, six, and three. Like that's a good player. But and he made threes last night. But mm-hmm. Okoro on holiday is like the clearest way to not just like attack holiday defensively, but I think also like save Darius a little bit from just getting put in the blender and, and getting worn down on that end of the floor. Yeah. Like it, it is the strategic way to do it. And it, it, it involves Isaac, like having to play skinny. It involves Isaac having to run over screens. Like, and like he didn't match holiday minute for minute, but it was, it was pretty close. Um, he was just really good. I, this is where like, if you want to like, yes, like the offensive thing for him is going to get exasperated in the playoffs. And we'll see how he adjusts. We'll see how he can improve, not just the rest of this year, but in next year. But that is like the kind of performance where you can like look at him in a playoff series and be like, okay, like I, I would want to see him like defend. Like if they like, let's say they play like Philly, like, is he going to defend like, you know, like Tyrese Maxey, like 94 feet for like a playoff series like that. That's the kind of thing you might see him. They might see him do if they mm-hmm. play Chicago in round one, like he's probably tracking one of Levine or DeRozan for an entire game. You know, like that's the kind of thing you're going to see him do. And like, he's, there's obviously going to be nights where he gets beat and that's just the nature of, of basketball. But like, he's good enough, I think to, to, to be thrown on that kind of Island and, uh, and do that. Also, twenty. He's now twenty-one years old. It's crazy. That, it's weird that him, Darius, and Kevin Pangos had minutes, have birthdays on the same day. The Cavs could have gone for the quad factor if they had Montrez Harrell as well. Apparently, because Montrez Harrell's birthday was yesterday as well. God bless, Evan. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I'm glad the Cavs have a few days off to rest. I'm wondering how they look against Detroit. The game against New Orleans on Monday is going to be fun. Um, I hope you have fun at your little soccer game tonight. And We're going to win the World Cup, Evan. We're? Are we talking Norway? Are we talking No, this is America. USA? I, I, will be, I will be coming back with a with an America scarf and uh, going to go see see the boys in, in Columbus, Ohio. Can't Chris wait. This is like Peacemaker. He actually has a pet eagle named Eagle living in his garage right now. Yeah, and I dance to like '80s glam rock music all the time. Bro, I love that intro. I love that show. It's so great. The scene, if you've watched the show where John Cena's screaming "Freedom" in the first episode, made me laugh so hard because it was just like a hard cut to it. And I'm just like, "Wow, we're going here." I have not watched it yet, but it's it's on the list. It's, it's good. 
it's good. on the list. But yeah, I'm uh pretty pumped. Pretty pumped to, to see the new the see lower dot com field. See uh see some soccer. Love some soccer. Love it's some United the States National. Okay, I'm I'm done with you. Or that's gonna be it for this episode of Lockdown Kevs. Tomorrow, Tony East from Lockdown Pacers in an episode we've already recorded is comes through and him and I talked a lot about Karis Levert because that is a fun possible Cavs trade target, and we talked about all of that. Um Evan, he pitched me some fake trades that um you know when you see what they are. Um I'll be curious to see because I shut some of them down and uh yeah, not uh not something I would necessarily do, but the Rubio for Levert thing makes some sense if we want to go that route. Um, but if you're looking for a great second listen today, you, you check out Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for your gambling needs. That's Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. That's free and it's available on all platforms. Again, we'll be back. We're going to do a live show Saturday at some point. Uh, we'll send out a graphic and some tweets about it to let you know when that's going to happen. But we're going to go live, talk some trade stuff, uh, get you ready for Sunday's Cavs-Pistons game. But until tomorrow when I'm here with Tony, until that live show on Saturday, I'm Chris, that's Evan. Be well.